A first ever in the history of Locked On Jazz. Is that possible after this many years? Yes! It's next. Coming up from the van. It's craziness. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the March 24th edition of Locked on Jazz, a first. We'll tell you why in a second. We'll look at that. We'll do Ask LOJ. We'll get a breakdown of the Milwaukee Bucks from David Kane. How are we getting a breakdown from the Bucks? That might be the first ever. We'll get your Ask LOJ questions. What's the largest success this year? What are the next steps for the Utah Jazz? We'll look at all of those things with you today on the program. And... It is a little, we'll do a little lottery Friday. We might get to pack Friday. Short and show because i got to do DJ and PK here in a second. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Jazz in the Bucks, best in the NBA. Giannis, most enjoyable to watch in the NBA. And oh my gosh, look what we have. We have a guest in the van. Yes, it's true. We have a guest in the van to do the pod today. We're doing the pod from the Alan Horton. Don't worry. We did not do play-by-play sleepover in the van. That did not happen. Keep your heart out, Alan. This is this is. I, I wish I could say, and this is definitely a first for me too. By the way, I have never done a podcast or really much of anything in a van so this is everything yes. i do this this moment forward so locked on jazz meet david kane he's the play-by-play announcer for the milwaukee box we are at an undisclosed location <laughs> but like i feel obligated as the radio voice of the utah jazz to show people our wonderful state so that's what we're doing all right let's talk about your club uh best in the nba at this point kind of unquestionably in your mind when did it click when did you see like this this get going when Chris Middleton came back for the Bucks, uh, I, we were talking around January 23rd or so, and uh, I think that's when Milwaukee went from – I think the numbers say that there hasn't been a team that's gotten to the finals in the last 20 years that's been a bottom 10 offense. And the Bucks had been a bottom 10 offense all season long, which is pretty amazing given the fact that they've been atop the standings all that time. It speaks to how good the defense was. But it, you bring Chris Middleton back, it changes a lot of the spacing, and you started to see guys uh, – other players, you know, Jay Crowder arrives – uh, Joe Engel starts to hit his stride. Uh, all these supplementary players, and it takes so much of the heat off of someone like Giannis to feel like he has to do it all. And, you know, it's just uh, – it's it's an embarrassment of riches in terms of personnel for this group. And it's it's been it's been clicking. It, the, the offense has gone from 23rd to 9th in that time. And it's it's been a lot of ball movement, a lot of passing. The assist rates have gone up huge here in March. And so – to me, that's when it all starts, and, and that's when these guys have really started to hit their stride. Don't worry. We'll touch on Joe Ingles and find out more in just a second. There are two numbers. Like when you prep the Bucks, there's actually three numbers that jumped out to me prepping last night where I was like, oh, maybe not. And I'm certainly, you know, for, if I'm being totally honest at this point, I'm probably rooting for the Bucks there with Vince Lagarza, former Jazz assistant coach, is now on the Bucks staff, uh, with the amount of former Jazz players and Grayson Allen and Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder, who we all really, Wesley Matthews, who we all really like. Uh, I don't think there's a team I'll be more kind of rooting for, and Giannis is the most enjoyable character we have in our league. Um, the three numbers were 14th in offense, which you're saying, okay, it's ninth most recently, so then that's it. The one that jumped out to me the most that kind of bothered me was 
22nd in offense in the clutch. Like, that's always been the kind of bugaboo on Giannis, quite honestly. It's like, okay, as brilliant as you are, like I put two guys in front of you and you got to shoot an 18-foot jumper, it's not great. Is that still the the concern and the item that's out there? You know what's strange about the clutch numbers? Look at the win percentage in the it's, clutch, though. Uh, it's totally unnatural. You know, it, it is strange. They you, are you're 20, the analytics guy, so you tell me 20, how it's possible. It's not, actually. You're 27 and 8, and you're only the 11th best team in the clutch. The Jazz are 20 and 28, and they're the 10th best team in the clutch. The, the answer, actually, would be my guess is you enter the clutch leading, and we enter the clutch trailing. Um, yeah. The if you want the analytic number of the yeah. day, the most untalked about stat in the league is first quarters. Go take a second and look at who the best teams in the NBA are in the first quarters. The Bucks this year in the first quarter are the third best team in the NBA. They are Milwaukee, Boston, Denver. The best teams in the NBA are best in the first quarters. They play from ahead all night, and it makes life a lot easier. Oh, it really does. I think that's a great point, and. You know, for, for this group, it also helps, you know, when you've got as many guys that have obviously been in these moments. I mean, like, that's – nothing's going to phase this group. How many guys across this lineup have been in NBA Finals, have been in clutch situations? I mean, the two guys you had, Joe, Joe Ingles has been in so many big moments with, with you guys through the years with the Jazz, and then Jay Crowder has been in the last two NBA Finals, and you add that to the list of guys that have already obviously done everything Milwaukee has. and. And you put yourself in a position where you know how to make winning plays. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Who's going to make those winning plays? And, you know, I, I love what Joe brings, by the way. Um, so let's touch on it. Give us a little bit. What's yeah. Joe? I got to give him credit. I didn't think at 34 years old coming off an ACL that he'd be able to be back this soon and be this good. I mean, I think he's 44% from the field, yeah. 41% from three. What has he been? What, is, what has Joe done? Well, in, in addition to the obvious numbers that you look at in terms of his three-point shooting, he started off around 33%, wasn't really feeling it. He was nervous trying to get his physical shape going again. And then, you know, the last – I think it's the last – Maybe 12 games, he's around 58% from three. So, I mean, he's been shooting the hell out of it, first off. And then the other part is his ability to just – he's already developed this level of synergy with some of the other big four, we'll call them. We'll call them whether it's, you know, Giannis, Holiday, Middleton – uh, but particularly Brooke Lopez, that's been the one, you know, and they knew he was a – I think Bud told me he's this guy's a pick-and-roll savant, and he's got that ability to, to run the pick-and-roll. And those two, we're calling it the 7-11. It's always open because you go – you know, the numbers line up that way. But it's is, – as far as those two, the chemistry has been really interesting to watch because they've both been around the block. But his ability to just see the floor and make that kind of unpredictable pass, the, the whole offense for the Bucks is built around Giannis and being random. Is there anyone more random than Joe Ingles' game? I mean, you just don't know where it's going to go. It almost is like Gumby, and it's that slow speed, that glacial pace that Brooke kind of plays with anyway. And it, it's funny because I remember the first time I saw him playing when he was coming back from the knee injury, and I'd heard he was slow. I said, is he really this slow? <laughs> and then I think I talked to some of our people, and they had said they talked to your people, and they said, boy, he looks like he's moving fast. <laughs> so, you know, he's got his own speed. But it's 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 a perfect fit right now for the Bucks. And so far, knock on wood, he's been able to stay healthy with the thing. He says the knee feels great, and he's just been an awesome fit. So the thing on that I actually noticed, and we've been doing this thing this year where I watched the final seven minutes of every close game, and one of the early times Joe closed, 
Giannis like immediately calls for him in a pick and roll. Yeah. And that gets pretty interesting. I think this is what Bud saw from the beginning is, all right, I'm going to put Joe Ingles out there. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter. Fine, go ahead, put your worst defender on Joe Ingles. Go hide someone. Well, then I'm just going to run Giannis, Joe Ingles, pick and rolls, and that worst defender has to switch onto, to, onto Giannis, and then I have your worst defender on Giannis. Um, and, and it was interesting, like, early, early, like, you know, I still think your best play is the Drew Holiday, Giannis pick and roll with Brooks space to the corner and Drew coming on the same side, strong side corner with Lopez there and then Giannis is rolling and I just still don't know how you defend it. You have to give up a Brook Lopez corner three. It's what you have to do. And giving up strong side corner three is death in the NBA. Um, but I, it was pretty interesting to watch Giannis play it with Joe Ingles kind of coming out of the slot on the, I think it was on the down right side so that Joe's coming with a left hand Nobody in that corner. Giannis is now rolling down the baseline. I was like, okay, I don't know how you guard that either. So it was interesting to see that. I mean, I think the answer on that is you make Joe shoot. but um, And Joe is reluctant to shoot at times, and that's always been the one little bugaboo. It's like, Joe, shoot! Joe, shoot! Yeah, he he hasn't shown a ton of reluctance to shoot so far with these guys, and, and it's been fun to watch. And, you know, it just gives you – to your point, it just gives you so much room for creativity with, with all the ways you can mix and match with this group. And I think, you know, come playoff time, that's the key. I think if you've got – there's no easy matchups. There's no there's no mark. And and I think both offensively and defensively, and that, that's one of the keys that's gonna make this group because when you have all this time obviously to, to really game plan and try to zero in on certain guys, I think when you gotta go against the Bucks, pick your poison. It is David Kane. He's the Bucks play-by-play announcer. I'm still me. We're, we're, yeah, it's a first. We're, we're in the day. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Always enjoy our time over with our friends out there. If you're looking for a car, make sure you take a look at the Hyundai right now, the SUV lineup, which you probably need in this weather. My goodness gracious, we could be here forever. <laughs> um, is the Palisade, the Santa Fe, the Tucson, and then the small little Kona all-four-wheel drive. I'm actually driving their new Santa Cruz, which is a hybrid SUV truck. It's pretty cool. Uh, you might want to check that out over at Murdoch Hyundai as well. That's all located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and and in Linden. Today's show is also brought to you by the <clears throat> our good friends over at Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. You know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Watching your closet grow uh, after purchasing all this season's latest trends. What about also watching your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta? We're always throwing money at something. Kids' school supplies, new home project vans whatever it might be you're gonna throw it skiing more new goggles yeah okay you can earn cash back on every shopping trip i bought it gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after your shop you can get cash back it's that easy the average i bought a user is saving 120 dollars Per year, that's a lift ticket. I mean, not that that's on my mind or anything. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just getting trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKED. We'll get to some Ask LOJ hopefully here in a second before DJ and PK call me. Uh, and then when DJ and PK call, I have to stop. Uh, quickly, Brooke Lopez seems like the most unsung player in the league right now. Give us the case for Defensive Player of the Year and also maybe like 
unsung hero award of the year. The, 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 everybody, obviously, everybody calls Giannis the freak. What I'm seeing with Brooke is freakish. I mean, the fact that he's going to be 35 years old and is continually reinventing himself the way he has to be able to score inside, outside. But, you know, obviously the block shots. He's second in the league in block shots right now, but he's by far number one in the league in contested shots per game. I mean, he just changes the entire complexion of the team. When he's out there, I mean, I saw this team for the first time as my second year with the Bucks a year ago. This defense didn't look anything close to what it looks like now, and he's only missed two games. The two games he missed, one of them was against Indiana last week. We saw what happened. They put up over 135 points against the Bucks. They had no answers. He's back out there. It just changes everything. I mean, he's a huge presence. He's incredibly intelligent the way he goes about his angles and staying on his feet, and then sometimes going up when he needs to. And he's a massive humanity. I mean, like. Uh, I could go on and on. That's your defensive player of the year as far as I'm concerned, all the ways he impacts it. I think he's a really interesting comp for Walker Kessler. I don't think Walker Kessler will ever be the offensive player that Brooke was where he averaged 20 points a game in Brooklyn and you ran the ball through him because we don't do post anymore. But this version of Brooke Lopez I actually think could is who Walker Kessler very well could be as a player. Brooke eventually developed that three-point shot. I actually think, I actually think the – Three-point shooting development, offensive development is going to be more like Giannis uh, Valanciunas. Uh, Giannis Valanciunas. But I think the defensive element is Walker's goal should be to be Brooke Lopez. Okay, I've read Miriam's book. I root for him all the time. I've watched Rise. Uh, I'll never forget a preseason game where Giannis had a bad uh, World Cup against Greece, and it was his first NBA game preseason, and our guys came out floating through the night, and he kicked the living out of us. Um, Vince Lagarza, hopefully he doesn't mind me telling the story, shared with me that the very first time he met Giannis, the first thing he goes, you know, I came from nothing. No, Giannis, <laughs> we know your story. Like, But, like, what's he like? What's it like to watch him every night? He's the guy I would pay the most money to watch in this league. For what we do, it's the, the biggest challenge is you run out of superlatives. And the exceptional No, the biggest challenge normal. is Audit Takumpo, but that's all right. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Because how do you describe the, un, the, the, the unbelievable when it, is, it becomes entirely believable with this guy? You run out of superlatives. I mean, it's almost like you, you feel like you're spoiled because you watch this thing. And, you know, if I had seen this once, twice a year, I'd be like, did I just see what I just saw? And every once in a while you catch stuff. There was a time he got fouled, I think it was – maybe four steps behind the free throw line. He finishes with an and one and a dunk. And in the moment, I didn't even really blink. But then I see the replay, and I'm like, he just got fouled around the three-point line and dunked on an and one. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that you watch on a regular basis, and it becomes normalized. And you, you every time you see it, you got to say, shame on me. This should never feel normalized. You're watching greatness. It's great to watch. I'm obviously a huge fan. If you've not read <coughs> Miriam's book, fellow Occidental College grad, so give her her puck, uh, on Giannis, I strongly suggest if you, his story's amazing. I mean, the, the scene I'll never forget in that book is they've been evicted once again. At this point, I think he's selling trinkets on the street to tourists. His parents have been, like, dodging the evictions all the time. They make the boys open the house, open the door and claim they're going to be there. And they finally get, ev- they get evicted again because – in the way the for the Africans who come to Greece, they're not allowed to have jobs. So it's like this vicious cycle of failure, and because they're not citizens, so then they can't have jobs. Um, and they own, the only thing they own at the time is a refrigerator, yep. and it's the most valuable thing. And the boys figure out the Antakumbo boys figure out how to take their skateboards and put them together in a manner so that they can push this refrigerator through the cobbled dirt roads 
of the ghettos of Greece from one end, I think it was like two and a half miles, to where they are now going to stay because it's a piece of value they have as a family. And here's Giannis pushing this across. I mean, the other stories are, you know, obviously they, they share shoes. We've heard that one, uh, that when he went to the games, he'd often fall asleep the minute he came to practice was because he hadn't eaten in so long. Yeah. So they finally figured out to get him. I mean, it's really an incredible story. And his relentless desire to be the greatest in the world is well, pretty overwhelming. And I think that's a big part of it, too, why he is who he is. But he, as good as he is, as good as the physical is, the between the ears is unlike any athlete I've ever been around in my life. And I think maybe one of the only that we'll see. I mean, the, the level of pain that this guy plays with that you have no idea on a game-to-game basis, it's just it's remarkable. And obviously he's got the superhuman ability to heal like Wolverine. But sometimes I wonder, does he or is he just playing through the pain and continuing to do what he does without anybody even well, knowing? Well, we've had two special teammates in this league over the last two decades, Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. Giannis seems like he might be the third. If he goes notches his second title, maybe it'll be the day where people realize that you actually want the special teammates, the Steph Curry, the Tim Duncans, instead of, I don't know, pontificators about flat earths. <laughs> All right, David, thank you very much. And you'll get to ask LOJ here in just a second. Today's show, it's time for our Nissan Electra Player of the Week. I got to tell you, I think about Walker, I think about Ochai, but let's just not forget our guy Lowry. That 40-point performance, his third of the season the other night. Uh, just absolutely, David, you can walk behind me. It's fine. You can get your breakfast. Come on, we're set up here in the van. It's all good. Um, is the Nissan Electra Player of the Week, and maybe the Nissan Electra Player of the Year, because with that wrist injury, I'm not entirely sure when we're seeing uh, Lowry again. Uh, it's all brought to you by the 2023 Nissan or. Uh, Aria, brilliantly fierce. That right there is my guy Lowry Marketing. Stunningly powerful with the right-hand hammers. Elegantly powerful with the pull-up threes with such deft touch. And fiercely elegant. He is the finisher. He is our Nissan Aria player of the week with the 40-point performance the other day. The all-new electric 2023 Nissan Aria is for you. The EV for the people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. The Nissan Aria Player of the Week is Lowry Marketing. All right, let me get to some Ask LOJ questions that came in. You guys are always the best. Super appreciate it. I love this question, the first one that came in today. What is the biggest success of the season? That's an interesting question because I've said numerous times, that this season is an unmitigated success on threefold. When the season started, we had three questions. The three questions were, can Will Hardy coach? 34 years old, head coach, never done it before. Um, actually being a longtime assistant into a head coach is a sometimes questionable route without any other head coaching experience. Mike Budenholzer's done it out of the film room. Eric Spolster's done it. It's becoming more common. And well, uh, Taylor Jenkins had some G League experience. A lot of guys have to have had head coaching experience. This guy was wildly prepared, totally ready for it and prepared. So that's success one. Success two was can either of our rookies play that we got in the trades, Walker, Kessler, Ochai, Abaji, check, check. And the third was is there any other piece that we got in these trades that's worth anything? Oh, that marketing guy's going to be all NBA and was an all-star starter. So what's our biggest success of the season? I, that, I think, is a super interesting debate. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, why don't you guys throw that out there? I might take another element, and I think this is a little BSE crap because I'm a numbers guy, and so I sometimes think this is you know, pundantly bullshit, you know what? But, like, I wonder if actually the most important thing this year is the culture built. And time will tell on that. And this gets into the essence of the discussion we've had a million times of whether we should have tanked or not tanked. What Will Hardy built this year was a culture of a team that's going to play hard every night, battle to the end, 
develop players, be a place where players peak out, use Will Hardy's phrase of using the super players' superpowers <clears throat> and allowing players to use their superpowers to their best ability. And I wonder if that culture actually isn't the item that three or four years from now, when we look back on this initial season of the Will Hardy era, that we think to ourselves that that is the key to this whole thing is success. It's a little esoteric um, because, frankly, you have crap players. And, like, Steven Silas might be a really good culture builder for all we know, but that's not actually going to matter because his players are not very good. And so it doesn't matter. Like, Pop is one of the great culture builders, and those players aren't very good. So if you don't have good players, none of this matters. Um, And I think that's probably the number one thing here. But I do think I would – I'm going to throw that out there as a conversation piece. I'd be curious to hear from you guys in the YouTube chat what you think the biggest success of the season is. The most common question I'm getting asked in various different iterations is, what do we need now? What do we need now? How do we fit around Lowry, Walker, and Ochai? I have been pretty consistent with this, and I'm going to hold to this. As much as I like Lowry, as much as I like Walker, and as much as I like Ochai, I don't think that, like, we're still talent deficient in being a championship team. Look at the Bucks tonight. Giannis, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis. Like, that's nine elite-level players, all of who are probably starters in the NBA that have melded into roles at advanced ages of their career and then, you know, really done well by their John Horst, their front office, because a bunch of guys that are kind of playing, like Jay Crowder and Joe Ingles, Go be disruptive right now, and and they're done for the, and done for the run. So those are the two questions I uh, I've gotten the most often um, that I think are probably the most interesting. And I would say that I I would put that on the scale of let's go just go get the most talent as our next thing. All right, shorten addition. Uh, let's do our lottery final thing here, and then DJ and PK are calling me. So let's put out it. Here's where we sit today. The Jazz are in 11th today. Minnesota is in 17th, so we'll hold with that pick. Philadelphia's 28th. Are we ready? The lottery goes. Charlotte gets the first pick. They'll take Scoot Henderson because they're Charlotte. Just kidding. Portland, Washington, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Orlando, Indiana, Orlando again through Chicago, Toronto, and now we have the 11th pick. Of the draft. Uh, by the way, at this point, if things come undone for us, I don't think we can get into position better than the seventh or eighth pick of the draft, if anyone's wondering at this point. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks so very much for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for Dave Kane for joining us as well, and we'll talk to you soon.